You're listening to And you're listening to the Collabcast, a podcast about pop culture and the creative life from an Asian American perspective. And hello, everyone. Welcome to the Collabcast. It's episode 130. Oh, damn. My name is Marvin Yeh. I'm Mindy Chang. And it is Monday, July the 24th, 2017. Although we're recording on July the 18th, which is Minji's birthday. What? Happy birthday. Uh, birth- you. Did you say it was your birthday today? I told you. That's how I leveraged it to get you to be here. That's right. I was supposed to bring a cake. <laughs> I forgot it. Oh, actually, I ate it before I got I here. I hate you. you <laughs> me, I want ice cream. No, but... <laughs> My, the gift is my <laughs> And that beautiful voice is our guest for this week. You may have seen him on the YouTube. You may have seen him at Collaboration Star 2013. You might have even seen him on the movie screen. Which you will be actually very soon. Uh, Mr. David, so welcome. What's up, bitches? <laughs> oh, oh right off the bat. Right off the bat. Right off the bat. Well, let's just slap that explicit my... tag on this episode right now. <laughs> I'm going to reduce my cursing tremendously. I did. Lies. I didn't say the F word. Oh, okay. Thank so, you. Yeah, I even said that's, F word. I appreciate that. That's restraint. Yeah. That's also, that's the other part of my birthday present. Is the <laughs> you know, I didn't realize I cursed so much until I, uh, I actually went back to Sacramento this weekend. Uh-huh. And uh, I think like, uh, I, I curse a lot. You know yes. what I mean? Like, it's just like a natural, like, it doesn't even, like, if somebody cursed me out to this point, it just sounds like nice words. Because we were because, you know, it, depending on who you hang around with, people kind of give you a medium of, like, you know, how, how I guess, inappropriate you are. Yeah, yeah of course. You know, so we were at, like, this coffee shop. I was like, how the fuck have you guys been? And they're like, whoa. And everybody's eyes go wide. I'm like... <laughs> Oh, that's right. Like, social cues, social like, cues, well, social cues. Sacramento, I feel like is is it a more conservative area than like no, that no? Not, not where not like no. There's parts of it that are, uh-huh. but like a lot of it is not. <laughs> no, like, yeah, I'm just a lot of people that I know from Sacramento are not conservative. Okay, I, I think I'm just uh, well. The friends that I had there are very good people. Yeah, you know they're nice. They're very no. Everyone's nice, but I'm saying in very, terms of like they they understand like social cues. I don't really. So like <laughs> I think they just haven't been around me in a very long time. Yeah, because you know, I left like six years ago. But also, you've been acclimated to a certain kind of life in Los Angeles. No, I, I just I just curse a lot. Like it's, yeah. just, it's just been like that for years, and I think they kind of like grew up and then they matured. I just didn't. So like, they're just no, like, you and Whoa. I are in the same boat. I'm. I I think actually I kind of have a problem too, which a lot of people don't know, but I do. I know you're a piece of shit. That's why. <laughs> Minji cusses in private. I do when she thinks no one's listening, but no, me because I'm in the office with her. Not in private when I'm with friends and like I you. Got, my our interns are here. They know that I curse. Cursing is cathartic, though. It, it is. It feels really great. We know this because we're angry Korean people. So just I'm like, not angry at all. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I, just enjoy, I just enjoy, I just enjoy cursing a lot. It just it just expresses what your you emotions. Need catharsis from then if you're not angry. Just how sometimes food is delicious. Okay, this is fucking good. <laughs> this is this is fantastic. That's also good. No, but it doesn't express how good something is. If I if I took you to a restaurant, right, and I was like, "This place is fantastic." How do you feel about it? Lovely. Like, yeah, like you, you just think like, okay, maybe I'll try it. But I was like, "Yo, this is fucking good." You, like, I got to try this place. See, that's how I talk. 
I, I speak. They the should language. have a new Yelp rating. Six stars this means fucking good. Fantastic. No, they should. I really <laughs> wish they would make like a, an extra star. Anyway, that's what's on David's mind always. Well, well now. <laughs> well, we're gonna talk more with David about his um his life, I guess. Uh, is, later is, on, is everything. Um, later on this episode, but we always open up our uh our podcast with a roundtable discussion on what's going on on our minds in the world of pop culture in Asian America. And uh, let's start with Minji. What's on your mind, Minji? I don't know, man. I'm brain dead. <laughs> well, you just what came back it? from San Francisco. Yes, I did. Yeah. That's what was on my mind. Um, so collaboration San Francisco and was it's on your birthday. Saturday. It's my birthday. I'm old and tired as fuck. Happy birthday to yeah, you. Yeah, I told you you sing. Happy birthday to well, not, you. Now not that the song is public domain, we don't have to pay for it anymore. So it's all good. Okay, thank you. Oh, it's public domain now? Yeah. About fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> owns this song dude like god jeez i didn't know people had to pay royalties yeah that that's why no one sings happy birthday yeah I actually on that. the air i had no that's idea. why we have that annoying ass fucking song at all those korean barbecues yeah congratulations <laughs> congratulations like that's fucking shit no, oh. it's like every restaurant has their own version i didn't even realize that what i thought that was like a branding thing no it was because no. if you sing happy birthday you get caught on camera you pay i think Shut wb up. owned it or something yeah like, some yeah, bullshit like somewhere, that yeah. i had no idea Wow. Okay. <laughs> Been living under a rock. Um, anyway, no, it was really cool. Uh, San Francisco, the show was good. It was amazing, actually. It was in Oakland this year, and um, it was like a standing room only venue. It was a totally different vibe. But I don't know. I just every time I go back, I realize how much more LA I've become, and how much I love the Bay. And I I like LA. I'm not hating on it like I used to as a child. Did you used to do that? No, I love Sacramento. Sack the sack down till I die, baby. I know I'm Bay till I die. But did you hate on LA? Did you like? Did you? I still hate on LA. Okay, I I love Sacramento, man. Sacramento's where my heart is. So like, if you, uh, you know what it is though. Like what I found out. And people disagree with me like most people do anyways but people who lived in LA like since they were kids they're yeah. super dope yeah. but it's everybody who comes outside and they live in LA after like you know a few years they're the ones that kind of give this bad perception to the city because they're not natives mm-hmm. you know so they have a strong opinion about how things should be or how they should act and how they should behave but that's because they think that that's how it works right. but like a lot of the friends that I have here that are really close to me in LA are all LA natives right you know me too. so they kind of give LA a very outside people give LA a, a very bad vibe. It's like a weird like salad mixer of like. Well, I mean, I have the same um, the same type of feelings for San Francisco. Right, I remember really, really wanting to live in San Francisco back in like the late like San Francisco in the, proper in the two thousands. Right, it was like it was culture. There's a cool place to go. There's lots of cool things happening, and now you, now it's like tech bro city. Quite. So, uh, yeah. No, like, I again, I love the Bay Area. That's where I forever, till I die, love it, will represent it. But, um, and people, we talked about that attractiveness, like, because we're both from the Bay and we're just saying, like, we grew up with a different sense of reality just because of how diverse it was and the things that people talked about and, like, all the different social movements that started there, et cetera. It kind of made everybody, and in a way, sometimes, well, that's just kind of like your pride, like what you're proud of yeah. for being around and the culture of where you're from. But it was that, I guess, a, a culture of like consciousness to know that like there are different people in this world and that there are different religions <laughs> and it's cool. And, you know, so I don't know. I, I got that vibe again. So it was really good times. I mean, it's funny that you can live your whole life on like the West Coast and feel like you're worldly. But at the same time, you don't really like a lot of people still need to go out and travel and yes. see shit. No, I still know? needed to travel. I was, I was, the, what I learned by moving to LA and then traveling around the world for a while, like I've been 
very arrogant little butt face. I, I've been wanting to say that too for the longest time, so I'm glad you realized it. <laughs> Minji, yeah, thank you. Minji acclimated to being an Angelino like very like thank suspiciously you, quickly. Yeah, no, I did. I like totally. I drank the drank the Kool Aid. Like she came here and she's like. This is me now. How am I arrogant? I don't fucking know. I'm just saying shit. I just say shit. This is a podcast. When, when did you move here? You moved here uh, like five and a half years ago. Yeah, you've been here a minute. Yeah, it's, it's you whatever. still hate it. I don't hate it. It's just like I, I who, who likes traffic? You know what I mean? But there's traffic a lot of other places. Not in Sacramento. They ain't traffic for shit. <laughs> <laughs> you want to go somewhere? You pass a couple fields. You're you're at where you're at. Like, fuck traffic, man. Like, traffic pisses me off. And you know what it is, too? Like, it's just like, I think if people accepted the fact that there's traffic, I would accept it, too. Yeah. You know, just, you know I've accepted it. Like, cars aren't moving, and there's like seven cars behind you that are honk at the horn. Like, bitch, like, what the fuck is that gonna do? That's why you gotta get a good podcast. No, that's why to. I need a bazooka so I, I feel can like blast the motherfucker. I feel like people honk less here, though. Like, they do. No. People in like DC, DC traffic, people honk like well, at that's any just, given thing. I mean, they're, yeah. they're even more compact than we are. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? No, like DC, Seattle, like they all have real, like really bad. They're way more aggressive. They're aggressive and like irate. Here's just like it's irritating, but it's like a slow burn. It's just weird because like I think like a lot of people they get away. Maybe it's because I grew up different too. So like when I grew up, you know, you honk at somebody on the horn and you hold your horn out. That means you got to pull over and fight. Like that's it. No, we got to do it. Yeah, I mean, so let's do it. So this is like a, a not that I'm saying if I fought somebody I'd win. Most likely I get my ass beat, but as protocol, hey, you got as, you know tall and yeah, but as protocol requires, I still got to come out and take what I got to get. You know what I mean? So I'm like, cool. <laughs> so this is one time where uh, uh, this is at this time she was just my brand new girlfriend, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm a very nice person. Are but, you? No. Oh, I'm very. Sweet. I know. I love you. Fuck all that. But we uh, <laughs> so but, much behind storm. closed doors. This podcast Off now needs the double air. explicit. No. David's so sweet. <laughs> yeah. So like what happened was like I, we were on the way uh, to the Getty Museum. I was trying to get my culture on, right? And so we just started dating and she she hasn't seen me ever get angry before. And, uh, you know, I don't get this type of angry either. But it was just a fucking bad month. Like t- like things were piling on. I was holding my composure up until this point. So I, I was driving and this dude tries to merge into my lane and it almost hits me. I still keep my cool. I'm okay, right? I'm like, all right, whatever, Got dude. I kind of like, in I was the like car. man, dude, just give him a little quick little bat finger, bat right in the face, <laughs> right? And so as I'm going on, like all of a sudden, I I see the dude in my rearview mirror. He's just like waving, like like this, right? Uh-huh. Doing this, like little bit, like this windshield wiper from, motion. I'm disagreeing. Yeah, from uh-huh. right side to the left side, you know, just and I, I don't know what the fuck that means. So I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. And I'm driving. The guy rolls up. And the guy has a Bentley, by the way. He comes up to the left, rolls up, and he's. I do with this shit and pointing at me. I'm like, well, what's going on here? You know, so I'd roll down the window. I was like, yes. Right? <laughs> How can I right? help you? Do you have any And the guy, like, he goes, this is what he says to me. He goes, pull over. I'm going to fucking beat your ass. And so I looked at Mariel and she goes, cool. And then <laughs> I go, I go fucking off. Right. And so I slammed my, fu- basically what I told the dude was minus taking out all the cursing was, if you want to go, let's go. I'm going to pull over to the freeway right now, and I'll fucking whoop your ass. Let's do it. So I slammed my brakes, and I went behind him, and I signaled him to come over. He wouldn't come over, so I went back right to the side of him. I was like, what the fuck was what's taking you so long? And the guy was just quiet. He wouldn't say anything. And mind you, he looked like a pretty big guy, so I was like, this is going to be a dope fight. Either I'm going to get my ass beat, or he's going to get his ass beat. Did you beat. instruct Meryl to start live streaming it? Or well, Meryl was just like shocked, because she's yeah. such a sweet human being, dude. She doesn't have an evil bone in her body. Oh, but she fucking see decided, how sweet he is? <laughs> yeah, and she decided to date a piece of shit. So, 
you know, the guy wouldn't pull over, so I pull up behind him. I'm waiting for him to pull over. I come up next to him again. He's just looking forward now. He won't even look at me. I was like confused. I was like, yo, where I grew up, if you tell somebody to pull over, you want to beat my ass, you got to beat my ass now. Uh-huh. Like, if anything, you probably could have. He doesn't know that I'm very weak, <laughs> you know? But I'm gonna make you struggle for it. So. I feel like you're like a, you're like a peacock or like one of those birds that make their like. Yeah, once you go past the feathers, yeah. there's really no meat inside. Like it's just, you just kind of show. You know it's what I mean? It's all show. You it's guys. like God, this animal's huge. But when I take my feathers down, it's like oh look at. That. But you got a big bark, so like yeah, exactly. exactly. So if they move past the bark, there's no bite. And so how tra- did that end? He tried to leave, and so I chased after the dude because I wanted him to pull over because I was so angry because he told me to pull over. He wouldn't pull over. I've mm-hmm. never seen that before. And it was funny, too, because I was actually talking to my mom through the Bluetooth in the car, and then I forgot, and that she heard me just curse this dude out, and all I hear at the end of it was, ah, da da you know, like, which means, like, son, and then she starts lecturing me, and I was like, oh, I felt terrible, then Mariel saw me angry, and she was so scared, she goes, I've never seen that before. You know, what she did goes, we get myself into? She's so innocent. She goes, if you ever do that in front of me again, I'll leave you. And I was like, but nothing happened. <laughs> it was just a yell. It was match. supposed to happen, and it didn't happen. Yeah, that's a Friday it's night. A diff- yeah, I feel like these days it's becoming more and more dangerous. Like, there's dudes like shooting girls for trying to merge in. Did you hear about this thing? I didn't hear that. Yeah. That, that stuff happens all the time. And though. I remember back in, um, like, I think it was 2006 or something, there's a story about people actually pulled over. And the, a dude just grabbed a crossbow and killed the other person. Oh, I heard that. Yeah, should have caught it. Caught. That's what I'm saying. But like, no. Pow. But road rage is in it. Like, there, yeah. every, there's like, there should be a giant warning sign in life. Like, don't do anything important while you're stuck in traffic slash driving. It's like every marriage counselor says, do not have any serious discussions <laughs> while you're sitting in traffic. Do not ever fight. Don't bring up anything like tense. While you, you're in you a car. Tell that, you tell that to women then, because that's, that's a girl problem. What do you mean? Because guys stay silent. When they're mad, they're just like, man, book it. And they just look forward. But girls are like, no, let's have this conversation now. Okay. So, so that's the advice to women. Disclaimer, cause, yeah. Because no, guys I've, are, I had it. I had it happen with a boy, because like he was irritated and he wanted to talk about it immediately. So it happened in the car. Again, oh bad. It's just bad. And you're, you're, you're operating a 2,000-pound vehicle. Every... Car. Every every girl that I've been with, it, that they always wanted to start a conversation in the car. It's like, yo, Let's man, talk. like just chill for a second. No, I want to talk about this right now during dead traffic. It's like, why, man? I was never gonna see your face when you make that voice. Jesus. Anyway, yeah, the Bay was great. Sacramento is different. L.A. is different. Sacramento is a fantastic place. I just I haven't uh, actually spent any time there. Oh man, Sacramento is dope. Our midtown, downtown. We got the river next to us. We got Folsom Lake around the corner. We're like an hour and a half up from Lake Tahoe. Life's pretty good there, man. (laughs) Okay, I fucking love it. Are you going to leave L.A. then? (laughs) I would love to actually, but a lot of my stuff is here, so I can't. Yeah. You know, what's been on your mind, David? No. We've been hearing what's on David's mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's know. a facilitator. He just answers whatever we Breaking, talk about. Breaking Bad is a fantastic show. Yeah? I fucking love that show. I haven't gotten... I haven't, I have, there's so many shows. That's one of them that I haven't watched. I, I, I generally don't binge shows just because, like, if I binge, I don't do work. So, like, it's, mm. like so far... He's a binger. Exactly. I've been binging Glow on Netflix. That's a good that, series. Is that the weird... It's the TV show about the gorgeous women of wrestling. Yes, the women Gorgeous ladies of wrestling, women which uh, is, was a real wrestling league back in the 80s. That's Ooh. kind of amazing. Starring Alison Brie. Um, Ellen Wong's in it. She's um, She played Knife's Child from the Scott Pilgrim movie a couple See, years ago. See, he knows all this because he watches... I don't watch and, anything. Mm. This is terrible. This is why I asked Marvin. I was like, hey, Marvin, what are your thoughts on this <laughs> show? Because I don't know anything. Mm. 
So I've like I haven't started Game of Thrones. I haven't watched Breaking Bad. I don't like Game I don't, of Thrones. You don't like it? I think people like Game of Thrones because the production value is very high. There's titties. There's pussy everywhere. That's why guys like it. Thanks you know? for holding back, by the way. Oh, my bad. <laughs> um, but I think I think people like it because of shock value. People get their head chopped off. There's you know they're like oh the story's really great. I was like not really. Like it's okay. The production value is super high. It looks amazing. You know. Yeah. But we're talking about because I saw it and it's very. In my personal opinion, it's very like medieval corny, you know. That's what I, I saw a clip, and I was like, "This is well." Seem it's like- basically like political fantasy, right? It's a lot more to do with the politics between the houses and the different lands, as much as the dragons and the fighting, right? So I hear more. I hear more about like the the yeah, so the that, violence and the so it's hard to jump in. It's hard to jump in because like you have to know the backstory. Nudity. Well, yeah. I saw the yeah. first season. And you just can get into I just, it. I just, I just thought it was, you know, like I've seen it before. <laughs> but you know Breaking I mean? Bad, Breaking Bad's different. You know what I mean? Like, Why is that different? I mean, just like think about them and like character development. Just like the two, the two main characters are just Jesse Pinkett and Walter White, right? These two guys, when you see from the first episode, they have really good cast chemistry, and then as it starts to evolve, it gets better and better and better. You know, like I. I think it, it it goes to show how great a show can be and how great the acting is and when there's a lot of dead space and it's still very, very, very tense and you're still very in tune with it. Because a lot of people nowadays, they like you know fast-paced things. But this thing, like I'm like enraptured by it. Like I, I, don't, I don't know why. It's something, that, it's something about the Walter White character. I really fucking like him. Very nice. Yeah. No, I've heard more about Breaking Bad than Breaking my In my circle of friends, I've heard more about Breaking Bad than Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Do you watch that? Breaking Bad? Yeah. I've watched it. And I like it. it yeah. I mean, there's a reason why it won so many Emmys and was so like popular. And like when you were watching during a run, like you had to wait like a year for each. It's like Game of Thrones. You have to wait a year for each season. Yeah, I can't do that. That's why I'd rather yeah. binge. That's why I'm binging right now. Yesterday, it's like, I didn't go anywhere. <laughs> I mean, it is also a classic story about um, how a good man breaks bad. and like, But in like this modern way, right? With the drugs. Well, I mean, yeah. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Any, I don't watch stuff like that. I'm like. When Harry met Sally. Yeah. I am that basic. I am very girl chick flick. Which, by the way, I don't think it's a chick flick at all. I think every... What's Harry met Sally? What? I don't, I don't watch chick flicks. It's n- rom- what I'm saying exactly is that... It, well, yeah, it's a romantic comedy. Yeah, the rom-coms. I don't watch a lot of rom-coms. You should watch it with Mariel. Oh, God, no. <laughs> don't ever suggest that. I can't... I can't watch that thing with my girlfriend. She should, she tried to get me to watch some crazy stuff, dude. I can't. Like I can't what? Watch. Like Love Actually? Yeah, like, like stuff like non- that. Like stuff like that. Oh, I am right. I didn't even know I was right. It's sweet. We would like it. You have a soft side. You're sensitive. Uh, no, I do have a soft side, but yeah. I don't like that type of soft stuff, though. I like stuff that's going to make me fucking ball. You know what I mean? Like I Am Sam. Oh, my God. You're so Korean. Dude, I Am Sam is so good. I know, but you're so like. What how's that? How's like- that a Korean thing? He, rom-com is, is, is Korean. N- no. Yes, rom-com is all he, Korean. It's partially Korean, but like the whole like I need to cry until like my soul is bursting thing is very Korean. No. Yeah. I, I like that because like I'm such a stone man. Oh, yeah. I need somebody to break my stone walls. Because you're so manly and burly. No, not really. But I just, I don't know. I just I said rom coms are but they hate it's not really. That's what I'm saying. When they're written well, though, this is why I talk about when Harry met Sally because it still holds to this day. It was made in freaking like early '80s, but it's it's just about can men and women be friends? That's it. And it was written by a man and a woman, so it's very like 
funny and balanced and like ironic and still very it. relevant. It is a classic. I mean, yeah. and I feel like it's held up pretty well. It has held up yeah. very well. So like I've recommended so many guy friends and they're like, well, damn. You know what movie doesn't hold up very well? <laughs> what? Judge Dredd. I just watched that. That movie fucking sucks. <laughs> the I, I the Carl Urban one or the, uh, the Stallone one? The Stallone oh, one. Yeah, that one's, that was not Agent so good. Agent Hershey? <laughs> like, hey, what the fuck? Like that immediately threw me off. Her name was Agent Hershey? What? They, what? Yeah, it's from the comics though. Yeah, I know, yeah. but like, still, like, <laughs> there's adaptations of they shit. You know what I'm saying? Change the name. I've like, never I, watched that. I mean, Hershey's is a family name of the owners of the Hershey. I think chocolate <laughs> empire. I think I only watch like Rambo. I don't know what. No, Hershey's so, a place. Rocky and Rambo. That's like it. I never watched other. I mean, the Hershey's a place in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. You um, you only saw Rocky and Rambo. I don't. I don't watch a lot of Stallone movies. My dad like Schwarzenegger. He, we watched a lot of Die Tango Hard. and Cash. Uh, I think so, but I don't remember Stop anything. Stop or my mom will shoot. Those are all like really old, so I don't remember a lot of them. I know that I watched the Die Hard series. I watched um, what was it? Lethal Weapon, Beverly Hills Cop, all those movies. Dude, I fucking love Stallone, though, man. He's like one of those like childhood heroes. And nothing, you know. People may knock Rocky. on him though, but Rocky, man, his acting was fucking on point. I love man. Rocky. I think Rocky's so good. Well, he's also like he's a hustler. Like he made Rocky on his own. Yeah, that's what I learned later. Yeah. Like yeah. that it, he made it for like but the studios. The studios didn't nothing. want to put up money for like this script that he wrote. And so he won an Oscar. <laughs> Screw you. So he's like the what year was that? But it's like Chance the Rapper. Yeah, like, I don't like, need a label. That story was crazy. That was like him, homeless in a car. He mm-hmm. traded off his dog. And then he wanted to find his dog back after that. After yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched I watched the interview. I cried. That that interview. It was recent, right? You cried over that, too? Yeah. No, I watched it at a very specific time in my life where I was like, <laughs> I, I'm Rocky. I, I think I had that moment. <laughs> and I was like, this story means so much on so many levels. I would have loved to walk in a room where you're watching Stallone and you're crying. Shut up. I wouldn't even be able to piece the two together. Yes, you, <laughs> for everyone else who knows me, they're like, "Yeah, there she goes, she's crying because of Rocky." Yeah, that's good. Marvin, what's on thy mind? Um, so we're recording this on Tuesday, July the eighteenth. So I haven't physically been to Comic Con yet, but as you hear this, I would have finished day five of Comic Con, um, covering it. So hopefully, you get some good audio from that uh, as a special bonus episode this week. Um, but I did go to the Asian American Comic Con this past weekend, the seventeenth. What the fuck? There's an um, Asian American Comic Con. They started, yeah, our yeah, um, started by our friends. Um, Jeff Yang, Keith Chow of Nerds of Color. It's the people behind the um, Secret Identities um, anthology. So they just released Volume 3 of their um, comic anthology focused on the life and stories of George Takei. George Takei. He's much so. (laughs) That man speaks exactly the way he does on Star Trek. Yeah. It is. I thought it was him doing it. Then he just, hello, David. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? Yeah. So what are you doing here? (laughs) I'm like, holy shit. Yeah, he was the guest on this week's They Calls Bruce, or it would have been last week's episode. So I was able to help record that episode. Lots of knowledge dropped. But um, there was a really good panel um, called the Women Warriors panel, which is like a lot of Asian American female creators talking about like superheroes, right? And one of them was Sarah Kuhn, who wrote The Heroin Complex and Heroin Worship, the new book. And then she also, uh, as a companion to that, wrote a really great article last week on Angry Asian Men. I don't know if you had a chance to take a look at it. It's um, basically talking about the dragon lady stereotype and how she's reclaiming it, right? How how do you um, reclaim the dragon lady? So she wrote about how she's a big fan of Lucy Liu's character from Charlie's Angels. 
And when she told her friends, her white She's friends, thing. Um, when she told her white friends, um, they told her, well, isn't she kind of a dragon lady? And all of a sudden she felt guilty for liking that character. What's dragon lady? So dragon lady is like the stereotype of like the mysterious, powerful Asian woman who like is kind of a dominating yeah, kind of like movies. a dom, yeah, dominating, quiet, but like <laughs> it's sexualized too. The dragon yeah. lady is like it's a fetishizing of like Asian, with like the quiet, but like Maybe. if you got her in a room alone. So one of the things that they she noticed was that like dragon lady was a label being applied to any that. female Asian character with any sort of power. It didn't matter how sexy what she was or how powerful she was. Like any any character with even like a slight combination of those traits were deemed dragon lady honestly i've dealt with that too as an actor just like every time i have to play any kind of stern character that thought crosses <clears> my <throat> mind i was like am i being yeah. dragon lady? but like well, again so i'm kind of like well, here's my question like why is that offensive huh why is that offensive? it's just like it was like the only way that w- asian women were like represented for a long like, time, so yeah. for a really long time in movies and tv it's just like that's how asian women are they're like quiet they're stoic they're fucking scary and just i thought that'd be dope though isn't that dope well that's the thing so um, Sarah was saying <laughs> how yeah that problem. is that is her realizing that the, the dragon lady stereotype was just another way for them to kind of yuck her yum right to like I don't know what that means to bring her down for liking something that's empowering but that's see my, that's a personal problem though isn't it because I hear stuff like well, for example we as Asian people say this you're a tiger mom yeah we so do it's equivalent too. like dragon lady and well tiger that's mom. what I'm saying so uh-huh. like. That's a personal issue that she has. That's not something that everybody else feels. Because personally, if somebody is like, "Dude, you're like a dragon guy," I'm like, "Hell, fucking yeah!" You know what I mean? Like, uh, like, like when I but, have, if, when but that's I, the thing for a lot of women. That's it is a personal issue. But it's a personal issue that they, everyone. I don't has. think that's an everyone thing though. I think that's 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 varying on opinion. Like that's when somebody comes up and they had a conversation. She's like, "Oh, isn't that a dragon lady?" And she took it personally. I know a lot of people who wouldn't even think twice about something like that. Yeah. But that's also because maybe I grew up in a very diverse area too. That's what I'm saying. Like, Again, like we, I think we grew up in. A, like just in California in general but like even NorCal like just being around a lot of different people and in our generation I'm saying this is like past generations that were like inheriting the stuff I think it's like dissipating it's not as strong as before but if well, somebody called me a dragon lady I'd be like fuck you really yeah yeah I would take offense to that I'd be like you don't know me just because I have a strong opinion or whatever or I have a stern face like that doesn't make me a drag like that's that's this like depiction that they have of like any strong Asian woman and I'm like it, it's, it's very negative it's just like this really do you know what I mean like what's the, what's like if what's an equivalent of like a negative Asian man stereotype like everybody's up to you and be, not even just nerd but like the the bumbling what's his name Long Duck Dong? Yeah. Yeah. Like him. If like everybody just like, if you said one thing like randomly dorky and they're like, oh, you're such a fucking Long Duck Dong. Well, I don't know what that is. It's like the... 16 Candles. 16 yeah, Candles, like absolute joke of an asexual, Asian guy. Asexual. Asexual, like could never get a girl but, in his life to But that's on. not comparable because Dragon Lady is somebody who's strong, fierce. But that's something that you value personally as a like... No, like but if, I'm just saying definitively. Like if you look at... At, at, at the adjective, uh-huh. you say long duck dong, nerdy geek. These are all negative terms, no matter how you use it. Yeah, right. But fierce, strong, da 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 da. It's you not know? fierce and strong, it's but it's more also like, connected to evil. Yeah, it's mystic, like it's like evil, otherworldly, like cold. Yeah, not strong. To me, I think a dragon lady is like she has no heart. She's like heartless, like evil queen. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
That's like the emotionless, like that strong, like that's the She's way I bitch. would say it. Yes. Okay, then, then that makes more sense because <laughs> how you guys were describing it before were all positive words. Oh, not, 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 like, not like, not like, yes, queen. I mean, it's but like, that's, oh, that's the point. Like, yeah. just reclaiming that because realizing that the, the personality traits underlying the dragon lady stereotype is empowering and if embraced can, will lead to people being, yeah, like I totally identify with that. Like, there are strong, like we all know there's strong Asian ladies everywhere. Like, I work, Well, I'm saying like, one, again, yeah. it's a different time. We know like my mom has never been the tiger mom she's always been the like cute bubbly telling me i'm beautiful and you know checking if i'm eating mom right and so like i didn't reckon i I didn't recognize the tiger mom and my mom but i knew what it was because i did see a lot of i grew up in hella chinese neighborhood and there are a lot of really strong mothers who are like very forceful and whatever but i mean we're just in a different time now so i guess all these things surfacing is always also indicative of like we've come a long way past that yeah that's why i can't relate to i don't i don't i don't get it yeah so there's a um and what you're saying does lead into kind of what what was the main themes of the discussion like so paula yoon she's a writer for supergirl was talking about how her input within the writing room got them to kind of de dragon lady one of the villain characters who is like this like grad student leader of a fight club um, the original costume had her wearing like a Chinese chi pao and with a dragon on it. And she, she was able to get like talk to the writers and say, that's kind of like a stereotype. Um, we can keep all the like the strong characteristics, but like the exoticizer and they, they did it. They changed the costume. The character still came out as strong, but it wasn't as like identifiable. It's more like Ming Na Wen now. I don't know why. She just came right. to mind. It was like <laughs> Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Well, her character has been called Dragon Lady ish too. In that's what I'm saying. Shield, like, you know? if, like, for ignorant ass people out there, they're going to look at like any. I just never heard of the term before. I've never heard anybody so use Dragon Lady ever once I've in my heard life. It. It's a very, yeah, it's a very, like, if, you, if, if you're like a student of film history or just it's like. Not a film history is just like being Asian, like, yeah. and female, I've heard it a lot. Like, people refer to, like, oh, dating yeah. ladies in the house. So it all came down to, I think, one of the panelists brought out this idea of archetypes with stereotypes, right? Like, you take a look at a script, you take a look at, like, characters. Um, why characters are allowed to be archetypes. They're allowed to be the jock, the geek, the popular girl. But then when you look at characters of color, sometimes those archetypes become stereotypes, right? You become the asexual geek or the dragon lady or the you know like but what, there's a difference between being archetype and being a stereotype writing for an archetype and for a stereotype right like an archetype takes all the takes the traits and creates a character a stereotype takes this narrow understanding of a character and makes that character I mean, does that make sense yeah i mean so it just goes to show it, for me um so i've been running this other podcast called Books and Boba. And a hashtag that has been coming up a lot is this hashtag called Own Voices, right? Where it's like people who've lived these experiences writing those characters and how that, um, how that creates more nuance, creates more experience. And it goes back to like Nepali Yoon saying, you know, let's change it so it's not as stereotypical. Um, it goes to, you know, the difference between, you know, when like a character of color is written by like a white person. Exactly. Well, right? that's what I've been like... My, what I'll always conclude with, with all the complaints, because I, they're, they're completely valid and they're not, they're not like ignorant complaints, but also like I always go back to, so then what? So yeah. then what? If you have an issue with that, then be 
the new version of Dragon Lady. I don't particularly care for that term, and I have no care to reclaim it. It is what it is. I'm gonna let it be. But like, if like, okay, if I create my own strong Korean American character or Asian American character, someone calls me Dragon Lady and tries to make that positive. I don't. I think personally, I'll reject it and be like, don't just you don't use that again. I have a thing with like trying to reclaim stuff. Let's just let I, it die. I, I don't. And they're not saying reclaim it. They're saying that the label is a stereotype. It let's, is a stereotype. Let's make, but, let's you know, do, also like, to your point too, like you, you mentioned, like that's something that she feels of her age. Things have clearly progressed since then. To the point me, I grew up in a very diverse area. Never heard that fucking term once. Yeah. Ever. Never heard it said to my many Asian girlfriends or Asian you know, home at, at all. Yeah. And mind you, like I travel. I'm, I'm a traveling comedian. I traveled to over 40 fucking states. I've never heard it once. So that could be something that's what I'm talking about. This is like personal issues that they dealt at that time mm-hmm. and things have progressed since then. And now you're now, now for me, this is just my opinion. Mm-hmm. It's an issue that is really attached to this person's heart, mm-hmm. you know. So for them, it's a bigger deal in my personal opinion than it actually is at this age. Maybe back then it was, but it's not so prevalent as it is now. Right. And this is you're talking to somebody from this is not me just saying things like I'm in fucking film. I'm a full time fucking actor. This is not the hearsay. You know, yeah. So I do also have an issue with people, with certain people too, that have opinions on these like topics. Like I see it all over Twitter, right? They're like, "Well, this is what actors. Are. How, you you a fucking actor? How the fuck do you know?" I get irritated with that too. When you know everyone I mean? speaks on behalf of like stuff that they don't know anything about, a little like I get, I I have a level of irritation. But I also think that I mean, but like, this was, I mean, to push back on this is a panel of writers who've been in these rooms and people, no, I'm, people I'm, characterizing. I, the, like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not, I'm not knocking that. What I'm, that those are two separate things. What I'm saying is that this is something that that person felt at that time as being somebody who has been veteran in this and that's something that's personal to her maybe at that time right i say for my personal uh, opinion and how i see it right that is something that was probably a little bit and we progressed a lot since then right and so bringing that up the whole dragon lady thing is like new to me because i'm not even accustomed to that I'm, right i'm 29 years so, old so yeah. there's people who are gonna like push back because they're not what i think what the the thing is is that people who hear it now and don't get this is why the speaking up part matters though it's like to kind of like reflect on that and say like yeah that really bothered me that like dehumanizing whatever whatever those things are because it like lasts for that long and because I as a Asian American actress know even if I've never been called that I know that it holds a very negative connotation and if anybody ever called me that which they haven't called me that um, to my face or anything like that but if they did I would like I would kind of lose my shit a little bit but that it 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 still makes that valid like if she's bringing up somebody is called that they're bringing it up this many years later it's still because we shouldn't stay ignorant to that even though we have progressed as much like somebody ignorant will will bring it up as a joke and not recognize that's that's and, the equivalent to like calling somebody very it's a very yeah, and it's like that we term. haven't really progressed because that was the reason why they cast Tilda Swinton as right, the English right, right, right. because so that it was yeah. it's, it's been a recent thing at least in that like area of the world where we're still dealing with it in these ways with I, the Tilda I wouldn't Swinton. agree that we said we haven't progressed at all though I think we progress a lot but I mean I got like, a, I got a fucking film in Sundance that got hit the theaters that have you know what I mean? Like yeah. an all Asian American cast and an African American cast. That's fucking progression. Right. You yeah. never would have saw that like that's like two years ago, three years ago. Yeah. And you know what I mean? I'm not saying there hasn't been any progress. There has been progress is great. There's still there's still a long way to ways to go. And the idea is this issue is still is still prevalent, especially since like I think only like what, like five, ten percent of writers' rooms are of people of color. But yeah, out, but out of that, like, okay, so then if you say five to ten percent, I'm trying to be very realistic about this because we've been in this arena for so many years, right? I personally don't think we have that long of a ways to go. I'm put that out there. We have a ways to go. Yeah, it's not perfect at all, and there are people who say some ignorance 
ignorant stuff. Even the web series that I was in, the two young directors who are like awesome, I love them, they're good friends of mine, but they didn't know what the, what the hell to do with me, what to do with my character. They cast me because I added diversity to the thing, and I love them, but like they didn't know what to develop my, they didn't know what my story was. I made my story, and when I made my story, they're like, oh shit, that's really good. Yeah. But like, so there's a ways to go, but that's a collaborative thing. That's a matter of people like stepping up and voicing that, but I personally don't think I I really am maybe overly optimistic. I don't think like ten years down the line we're gonna it's it's like a exponential chart, but it's going downwards. Yeah, I wouldn't even give I guess I say five years, five, four years. Because like think about it like this. Of the outrage. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit more positive than most people, but this is progression. They put out that movie, the Tilda Swinton bullshit, right? Mm-hmm. People weren't quiet about it. Yeah. That's how obvious it is that it's wrong to the majority of the public. Right. That's progression. You well, know that's what I mean? the other so, thing too. They don't know. If, you don't know if that was a majority of the public. That was just the most outspoken public. And the movie still, still made billions still, of dollars. Still, well, yeah, because it's the comic book series. You're you're, you're, separ- you're you're confusing two things now. Well, because I mean, for studios, that's always, all they see, though. Exactly. And once again, too, this is something I also have an issue with. You cannot expect people from a comic book that was written by a fucking white person and tell him to te- you know give us. A, it's like this. Like you bring out your hand like this. Like hey, give me a role. Why don't you fucking create yourself? And we are going into that progression. It's a comic book role that was written by somebody who had a very poor perception of Asian people in the first place. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Even that character alone as the Asian character really is kind of fucking stereotypically, you know what I mean? The monk in the Tibetan monk, you know, I know superpower, you know, it's already there in the first place. I'm not saying it was right or wrong. It's fair. They're definitely wrong. It's pretty fucking ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But at the same time, I look at it like this. People spoke up about it. They, it's Three, four years from now, probably won't happen again. And, you know, we saw that in Ghost in the Shell. Mm-hmm. That fucking tanked. Yeah. It was a bad movie, first of all. And so was second, Aloha was terrible. Aloha was terrible. Asian Americans weren't going to stand for it. And I look at that kind of stuff where I'm like, fuck, Asian people got a voice now. There's people like me who are also creators on the YouTube space that don't really have it. And if we want to talk about reclaiming shit, there's like stereotypes that I use all the time. But that shit that I grew up with and it's becoming more of something where people can joke about it rather than make fun of somebody about it. Right, right. You know, so like I I just don't – I like to look at it like that instead, you know. Just baby steps. Um, And that was our roundtable discussion. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more with David. Key. Hey everyone, it's Marvin. Thanks again for listening to this episode of The Collabcast. The Collabcast, of course, is part of Collaboration, a national nonprofit organization supporting Asian Americans in the arts and entertainment, discovering, developing, showcasing, and connecting the creative talents of the Asian American community in North America and beyond. Learn more about Collaboration, um, our programs, and check out our other digital content offerings by going to the website www.collaboration.org. We're entering the final few shows of our Collaboration Summer season with two more shows before the Collaboration Star Finale Showcase um, coming up this November. First up is Collaboration Los Angeles taking place this Saturday, July 29th, 2017 at the East West Players Theater in downtown Los Angeles in the Little Tokyo neighborhood area. It's going to be a great show with special performances by singer-songwriter Samika, Timothy John, and comedy from the UCB Super Team Voltron and Asif Ali. And finally, last up is Collaboration Houston, taking place on Saturday, August 5th at the Stafford Theater in Stafford, Texas. Um, it's going to be another great show with special performances by Kev Jumba and Kina Granis. So if you're in the Houston area, please check it out. You can find out more about these shows and how to get tickets by going to the Collaboration website and checking out the featured links on our homepage. Um, the website, again, is www.collaboration.org. 
The Collabcast, of course, is also part of the Potluck Podcast Collective, a collection of podcasts featuring unique voices from the Asian American community. Each week, I like to highlight another member of the Potluck Collective, and this week I wanted to give a shout out to Books and Boba. Um, Books and Boba is a podcast that I also host along with my co-host Rira Yu. Um, it's a book club podcast where we read books written by Asian and Asian American authors. Um, each month, we choose a different book to read and discuss at the end of the month. The podcast also features news episodes where we list new releases and also publishing news uh, from the Asian American literature world, as well as interviews with prominent Asian American authors. You can learn more about the Books and Boba podcast and the other great programs of the Potluck Collective by going to the website podcastpotluck.com or by following the collective on Twitter at Podcast Potluck. And that'll do it for our break for this week. Uh, thanks again for listening, and let's get you back to your show. And welcome back to the Collabcast. It's episode 130. We're here with our guest, David So. Hola. Hola. Hey. So, David, you have a movie coming up. Yes. Le actor. Yes. You're an actor. That's so crazy. Great job, by the way. Oh, thank you. Mm. <laughs> it's cool. Do you, do you feel all kinds of feels about when you see... Wait, how, how many times do you watch the movie now? Like 12 times. 12 times. times. <laughs> how do you feel? Are you over it? Uh, you know, it's it, it was it was an experience, and now I'm kind of like moving. I, I'm not even moved past it just because it hasn't even gone to theater yet. Yeah, yeah. and um, it's going to theaters. For listeners who don't know what movie David's in, he's in a little film called Gook, uh, which um, premiered at Sundance this year and is set for a theatrical release ASAP. In August, yeah. August uh, what's the date? August 18th is going to be the LA premiere, and then yes. August 25th in Regal Cinemas after that. Yeah. So so the movie, of course, is about the um, L.A. riots back in 1992 after the Rodney King verdict and tells the story of two brothers um, living in Paramount City. And um, I'd like to make an edit. It's not about the riots. It's about... It takes place during the riots. During the riots. It's during yeah. the riots, That's yeah. a setting, but not really the yeah. meat and potatoes of the... Or the kogi and kimchi of <laughs> yeah. the movie so i was able to catch the the screening the premiere at sundance uh, minji not. was right at the cutoff at the waitlist line oh. but then we had all our friends in there and afterwards they're I like right after i was like you didn't get to see yeah like <laughs> the three different people were like oh i could have got you in i was like thank you <laughs> i watched it in a cafe two doors down <laughs> on my phone but i watched it i was like i'm watching it right with them I wonder yeah. where they're at right now we're probably at the same place congrats man how's um how's how's the you, be doing a lot of press for it, right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like, I don't think maybe they did, but I didn't have any expectation of this film to go anywhere as far as it did. Like, <laughs> you're like, we made it cool. Yeah, it was it was a dope project. You yeah. know what I mean by I didn't have expect like who who ever thinks that your film is going to actually get into Sundance? I mean, come on, like it's my very first film. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So for, so my expectation of it was like, yo, I think this film is amazing. It's dope. It's very personal. I, we made a good film, but you don't know how like the rest of the world's going to accept it. You exactly. don't know, like, yeah. got into Sundance, and I think the the you know quote unquote political climate or whatever kind of helped it get in there because it's just at the right time. That was a yeah. crazy weekend. What's well, also like tw- week. the twenty fifth anniversary of the riots right. too exactly. this year? Um, you guys are of the I think like three projects that take uh, of the three projects that of movies taking place during this time. You were the only ones to hit that. That well, because there was, know that was really else. was the the Daniel Day. No, not Daniel. There's a Daniel Craig one. Daniel Craig. Like, like, I remember wrong. this was really important for Justin to hit this hit this milestone. Yeah, it was right? it was yeah. done purposely that way too. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, this is that that point that I bring up. It's like you, you just don't 
you can't wait for somebody to tell your story because those three other films weren't going to tell this perspective. They don't, yeah. they don't. They don't give a fuck about it. It doesn't exist to them. Right. They don't. Know? They don't know the first thing about it. That's also what I was saying. Like Asian women, you got to write our own stuff. You oh, hundred percent, dude. You, like I, you don't know my life. <laughs> you know, like it's. You know, I didn't realize this too until. Uh, not not too long ago, where somebody mentioned it, they were like, you know, in a lot of your sketches, like, you, like the women like kick your ass all the time. <laughs> I was like, why is that? I was like, I don't know. I didn't really thought about it. Like, oh, it's because my mom was very like, she's a very like for she's a businesswoman. Like, she doesn't really kind of take a backseat role in anything. Yeah. So I guess that's why a lot of the women in my stuff, like, if you look at any of my sketches, like, there's not a single time where the woman is the weak character, and that's not, it wasn't purposeful. It's just what I grew up around. Yeah. You know, I was so, supposed to be your mom. I know. Thanks a lot for that, by the way. Hey. And, uh, <laughs> Hey, you got that? Not just your sketches. I mean, this movie, your character gets beat up the entire time. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's interesting because, like, uh, like, you know, to, to, to put the point out, like, I, I think if people didn't know about what Asian Americans went through during, like, the early 90s, this is going to give you a small piece. And, and maybe some people from the outside person, they'll look at it like, oh, this is probably a small instance. Like, no, like, a majority of all these Asian kids that grew up yep. in these type of areas, mm-hmm. these were our dreams and aspirations. It was just regular stuff. It wasn't yeah. to own a laundry laundromat. It wasn't to <laughs> right, right, right. run a beauty supply <laughs> store. Yeah, run I wanted to do everything outside mark. of that. And yeah. your parents didn't want you to do that either. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah. Dude, I have so many feels. I was actually talking about. So, on my way up to the Bay, I was driving with uh, three of my collaboration LA staff, and we're just all talking about it's like three Korean Americans and then one Indian American. And so, um, two of us are from the Bay, two of them grew up in LA, and we're all just kind of sharing these very universally similar stories of just the parental struggle, all the small businesses that our parents did. One of them was a pastor's kid, the church. Like there are these very universal like themes that we've all experienced that are like completely untold. And then I started going off about like all the movies that I want to make. And um, funnily, just because two of the guys, the two guys in the car are Korean American. And we started talking about stuff that are like very specific to like, you know, having a tough time with your dad, like getting like, love in a different way in a very like sometimes getting your ass beat way how that you know ended up living out in your adolescence blah 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 and i just like honestly i have stories that i want to tell about my own but one of the things i want to tell is my brother's story actually like i'm putting this out of the universe now onto podcasts i really want to tell my Make brother's sure email story it to yourself so you can claim <laughs> i will copyright, yeah yes copyright. <laughs> i will i shall do that <laughs> hold on one second you have Gregory. to you have till monday july yeah. 24 <laughs> <laughs> But like everything, like that's why when I saw Gook, you know, it's like I, I'm, I'm personally not in that. There's not a Korean American female in that movie, but dude, it hit me like right in the heart. Yeah. And um, I never saw what happened to my brother when he fought, but like when I saw it, like, and I love you, and you're my friend, and like all of it, and it was just like it hurt in an extra. David was like, like Korean American, like. John McClane. Like, he just, like, <laughs> got worse and worse as the movie went on. Yeah. Like, I call it Daniel's Worst Day. <laughs> That's the actual name of the film. It really is, though. <laughs> he lost his shoes, too, just like John McClane on the Dark Tower. It's so bad. It is. It was, it was funny because, like, you know, I, I read the script so many times over and over and over, and but it didn't really hit me until we were filming. I was like, wait, I don't have shoes. Right, <laughs> so I was like stepping on rocks the whole time, oh, and then finally, like Eunice, the pain. yeah, she was like the the costume designer. She goes, "We're going to put some insoles on the bottom of your socks because oh. you're getting tore up." She goes, "I didn't know you didn't have it. Why don't you tell me?" I said, like, "I don't know. I was trying. To, I'm a method actor. <laughs> I'm just going I really need to in. feel the pain yeah. just to make it real. I'm like, going man, all in. it's like it really looks like it hurts when you're walking on those nails. <laughs> I was like, no, because it actually hurts. Like it's I'm not, dying. Like I stepped on a fucking rusted Snape staple too. I was, I was like, going to oh, say I needed geez. a tetanus shot. That's how shot. far David goes." 
goes for his art. Yeah, no, but seriously, I wanted to ask you because like that was your first film, right? Yeah. So you've done all the sketches before, yeah, including the one I was supposed to be in. Um, well, I had Totori. Yeah. You were I'll in. Have, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was one. I had like a two second part. <laughs> it was hilarious, though. Oh, thank you. Um, but like, how did that? So you and Justin were just friends, and then how? How did he choose you? Do you know that story? Well, he he had this idea to do this film for a while now, yeah. and then he wanted to do a film. Whether it was a new idea or a fresh idea, and then I think he was like, "Well, I have this idea that I have to do, you know, for the 25th anniversary, which is, you know, based around the riots." Mm-hmm. It's like, "Oh, cool!" And then we started shooting ideas. He would call me while he was driving. He goes, "Well, what if we did it in a blah blah blah?" And I was like, "Well, let me just tell you my personal story. Where you know, grow up in a you know a black beauty supply store." I said, "We could do that." He goes, "Oh, that's a cool idea. So why don't we do a shoe store?" And I was like, "Because that's something that his father." Your beauty supply store? Yeah. Okay. So- <laughs> Dry cleaners. <laughs> yeah. See, and so. uh yeah, you know, and it just kind of developed from that, and then we did a lot of like character work and talking back and forth about what the film's going to be like, and then we just started developing those ideas, and so. So you guys are like brothers from the start in this whole thing. Yeah, we just kind of started it from there. I mean, he obviously wrote a majority of it. You know, he had we had help from uh, a few other people, and then also, um, just you know, gathering stories. I did like the whole character. My Daniel character is literally based off my life. Like all that stuff that you saw is literally my story growing up. It's, and that is really David's voice. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just what it is. <laughs> yeah. Um, I yeah. loved it. I was like, he's singing in the movie. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it was, it was, it was interesting because, you know, obviously Justin like took the time to write out this whole story, but you know, it was these personal stories that we had together that kind of helped like build the meat of the characters. Yeah. You know, his, his relationship with his father. So the relationship that you see with if you see the film it's like me and Justin is actually the relationship between the I have with me and my father mm-hmm. so he's the father figure in that it's not so much he's my brother and we're equals I'm beneath him <laughs> you know yeah. you're dumb you don't know what you're doing do you see the sacrifices that I'm making you know Asian Americans can understand it very well when they see it yeah but you know, Again. you know like and it's just like two worlds that just don't they don't get they don't get each other and that's the that's the huge problem that we have with Asian Americans, you know, just with kids and their parental relationships. That probably won't happen later on, yeah. Just because you know we're becoming more acclimated, Generation three point oh, two point oh, whatever. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, but at the same time, like, I, I we I really I think we really wanted to highlight that too. Mm-hmm. Just like in this perspective, so I see a lot of like things. I I'm maybe I I always think against the grain a little bit, but I've been seeing a lot of stuff like people telling other people how affection should be felt. I really don't like how what affection should be felt in an Asian American community. Like uh, Asian parents should tell their kids they I love you more. But at the same time, like for me, I don't. My my dad has never said I love you once to me, but I know that he loves me, and I feel it every day from everything that he does. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think that lack of empathy that kids have toward their parents is a huge issue. Right. You know, it's like I grew up in America. I have American thoughts. Well, your parents didn't. <laughs> So how can you expect them to change right. immediately like that? Right. Maybe you should look at your parents and see how they love you. You know. Right. And that's how I do it. My father's never said I love you to me, but I've never complained once that. But he, he did shows it. you. He shows me. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of parents who say it with words, but they don't show it through their actions. Right. And I think Asian parents do it the best through their actions. Right. You know? I've literally had that conversation with well, so many people in collab and like for a lot of times it's because of the language barrier too. Yeah, for a sure. A lot of kids don't speak the language. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. I speak Chinese to my parents and like mm-hmm. my mom my mom's super affectionate. She tells them she loves me all the time mm-hmm. in Chinese. Yeah. Right. Um but I mean it's it's not just the Asian thing too. Like I was like 
white people have the same problem, especially like East Coast waspy white people. Like, yeah, it's was, a very <laughs> like that was, and again, there's yeah. the f- assumption because we all grew up like watching Full House and stuff, right? Like, yeah. oh, Danny Tanner. Danny Tanner is a crazy person who does <laughs> not really exist because a lot of my white friends they had the same problems as me. Like, maybe they heard it more frequently, but it was not like this overflowing of like you know, showering of affection and love the way in my head, in my perception of like my perception of white America, I thought it was. And again, com- compare and contrast Asian to, to white <laughs> families. Maybe, yeah, there's like a discrepancy, but this doesn't mean like it's a huge population. Yeah. So I don't know. I think there's the, the thing with that is that there's any ethnicity could also see, even though it's a nuanced Korean American story relationship that we would like really deeply mm-hmm. get but like they'll see themselves in that oh, they'll yeah. be like dude i know that pain <laughs> and then you know it hurts there's the whole thing with also so the story is about a, a nation family and a black family that collide with each other right even though yeah. they're both kind of in the same situation they both have the same i mean the interesting thing about that is like maybe though you guys will pick it up when you see it but uh one of the bigger points is like that i have for the film and that what people don't may or may not understand is like you know, me growing up too, like I grew up, you know, I grew up in a black people's five store. I grew up in a predominantly black area. Uh, it was like two communities who kind of like hurt in two different ways, but they couldn't empathize with each other, you know? Yeah. And the point of that, to me saying that, is that when, you know, usually what happens when you have two people that hurt, two communities that hurt a lot, it, you don't have room for empathy. You just see what somebody else has and what you don't. Right. You know, so at me as a, yeah. my parents as business owners, they look at us like, look at these guys. Like, they come into my neighborhood, they sell us our, you know, they sell us this shit. And they get to walk away being all happy and rich as hell, but they didn't know we were just as poor as you. You know, we're <laughs> yep. just because yep. you're a business owner doesn't mean you're rich. Exactly. Yeah. And it's hard for people to see that they don't care. They don't have conversation about it. They don't want to talk. And the, you mentioned language barrier too. Yeah. And when you're in survival mode, like you don't have oh, time yeah. to care about yeah. other people. Yeah. You just care about right? your kids, and you yeah. care about your family. And putting that's dinner about on the it. like putting dinner on the table that night, and literally yeah. like that's. I don't know. And that goes to the whole like modern minority thing that we deal with, right? Mm-hmm. It, it silences all like the Asian families that we know that live like near poverty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and a lot of again, a lot of Asian people who put on a good front, like everything's <laughs> all fine. The same way a lot of other families do. They act like everything's okay, we got money in the bank, you got nothing. Like they're God, like I've talked about I actually talked about this with my parents this past weekend where I was honestly trying to get my dad my dad's been having, you know, like he's becoming a senior and like he's dealing with a lot, but I'm just trying to like acknowledge like, Appa, you've done a lot and I'm not trying to like preach to you, but I'm trying to like acknowledge that I'm aware of everything you've done. And like, I don't know. It just got me on this really just to know that a lot of things that all of my different friends have gone through. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like really grateful. Again, my dad was not the most affectionate man, but like, again, telling it to his face was like making me feel a lot of like <laughs> this is this is stuff that doesn't get said enough between us mm-hmm. and then to the public you know yeah. it's a, a very little understood yeah i mean my personal experience like is similar to a lot of taiwanese kids where like our fathers were overseas a lot trying to hustle and do business yeah, 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 like yeah. import export like all that stuff and like talked to my dad recently now that we're adults um like he openly said that, yeah there were months where i wasn't sure if we were able to like, keep up payments you know, like there's a good year where I wasn't sure if we were able because they're trying to stay. protect you and right. they're not gonna like and let then, you know all their yeah. Drama. You realize that the love comes in the fact that you had a house to, to live in. You, you got to go to school. You got to be a normal American kid. Yeah. Right. But then you're like, you don't care about me, Dad. <laughs> the adolescent yeah. angst. And Asian parents do that very well too. They they yeah. they they protect their kids a lot. You know, like I've I've seen it 
multiple times. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I didn't realize how broke I was until I went to college. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, in my mind, I was like, oh, everything's cool. Like, my parents aren't buying me shit just because they got hella money, but they ain't going to buy me shit. Or, you know, because everybody I grew up with, we were relatively poor. So when you're around everybody else is poor, <laughs> you can't, there's nothing to yeah. compare to, you know? Then you go to college and the kids are saying shit like, oh, you know, this past, this, you know, this next summer, we're going to go on vacation. I'm like, oh, yo, what's vacation? You know, <laughs> like, you know like, they got some, you know, they got basic shit that I don't even know what's up at all. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, we went to France. We went here and there. You know, we've done this and that. I got this. I'm like, damn, what, what is life like on that side? <laughs> I remember when I first started working at my cafeteria and I got my first paycheck. It's like, that's a lot. That's like, that's like two Nintendos right there that yeah. can go by right now. You know, <laughs> I'm going now. I used to bye. beg for that. You know, yeah, I'm a grown up now. Yeah, man. Like college was such a unique experience for me because really, just I, I kid about it, but I knew how poor I was next to these kids. You know what I mean? They like the concept of money was so different from mine. You know, it's like, yo, if I got twenty bucks, I'm gonna hold on to this shit, or I'm gonna try to make this twenty dollars into like sixty or eighty, doing whatever I have to do. Wink, wink. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, but for them, it was they were just shelling out money like it was nothing if they wanted something they just got it and i was like what the fuck is that like you know what i mean how you go to a restaurant and not even look at the numbers you know they just walk in and like i want that but you didn't see how much it cost <laughs> you, know? Know. Well, it's also, you it's, didn't do the math in your head it's yeah. also you dumb ask tax and tip. <laughs> yeah. it's also, you add the tax and tip. it's also dumb kids with credit cards though for yeah. Sure you get a credit yeah. card, you're like i don't know how much money i have in this but okay we don't know that side I don't like a, i know i don't I'm, need to pay for this <laughs> i know i know people who are in some bad situations yeah. because and, they did not look at the receipts yeah just like all these like and you see a lot of like you know this is asian immigrants too like the the rich ones my God, like the way they would spend was insane. And I didn't understand, like, how the fuck could you spend so much American dollars? You don't even speak English. Like, how the fuck does this work? Do you know what that's worth that you're putting down? You know? And we see it all over like Monterey Park and, you know, Alhambra. Like these kids are rolling up in Bugattis. Like, I, I, what the fuck? Dude, in San Francisco, I'm saying it's like one of the most expensive places in the United States. It's these kids like sent over. And again, I'm trying to look at them like, you don't even have your family. You know, I'm not, I'm not trying to pity them, but I'm like, oh, I, I don't am? know. But like, I'm trying to make myself I was feel like, better. I want your BMW. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. Like I just 18 look at- year old film students who are trying to make films that, that I'm I'm trying to like beg my way into. I feel so bad though because like, so, well, I feel bad because I, you you say you try not to. I do it on purpose so I can feel better about myself. But <laughs> when we when I opened up my software shop, there's these two kids that rolled up in a in a McLaren and a Bugatti. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, a Bentley. And I was like, what the? F-? And the first thing I did automatically to make myself feel better because I had the crowd with me. Uh-huh. I just started making fun of them. <laughs> <laughs> And then they left. <laughs> we we need to talk about your entrepreneurial. That's what I'm saying. You're taking twenty dollars, making an eighty. Yeah, you know what I mean. <laughs> With soft serve, which you're no longer allowed to be at the store. Yeah. <laughs> I eat my product own shit. keeps disappearing. So tell us about your new soft serve and. Oh, uh, I have a, a software joint that I did with uh, three of my friends, Sonny, Roger, and DJ. Um, we have it out in Koreatown, Los Angeles uh, on 8th Street, West 8th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a place, basically, we do handcrafted soft serve. So what a lot of people don't realize, when you guys get your soft serve, they say organic, you know, this true milk bullshit. <laughs> it's not It's not that. They just get it from a fucking powder from a vat, and they mix it with water. Not saying it doesn't taste good. It's delicious. It's all marketing. We saw Okja. It's all marketing. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's just, that's just is what it is. Those are words that they use. But for us, it's actually handcrafted and it's actually made from milk from a fucking cow's tit. Like that's, that's basically, that is. Ex- You've had the graphic image embedded in your brain. Yes. That is. We all know what a cow's tit looks like. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Sir. Cow's boob to your cone. Exactly. So it's as traditional as how saucer was made from the get go. 
where it's just from milk and it's from a really good base and we don't use any chemical binders. So what you'll see from us, we're called drips and swirls. Our stuff does melt a little faster because we don't throw any chemicals in it. And that's how soft serve is supposed to be. I grew up with a dairy in my, because I grew up in Pleasanton. Okay, we a dairy. Yeah. We, like, <laughs> we have a drive through Yo, it's good. And it does melt faster because it was like. Exactly. And the people are so used to eating a product that has xanthan gum, all this other crap, crap in it. Mm. You know what I mean? And An hour later. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's still, still here. So we, you know, I've had somebody, they're like, hey, your soft serve's melting. I was like, well, bitch, uh, what happens with ice cream? It melts. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's what's supposed to happen. Da, 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 da. I've always been a really fast ice cream eater. I don't know yeah, why. Yes. I know. That's, I that as well. Yeah. Like, how do people, like, just lick it I don't, all the time? Just, yeah, like, just bite into no. it. That's what I'm saying. Put it in my stomach. <laughs> I bought this to eat it. Yeah. Like, I see people hold this up. They're holding it for, like, you know, a good three minutes. And they're like, it melted. <laughs> yeah, because you didn't eat it. <laughs> what you want me to do about that? <sighs> it's like you're complaining that ice melts. Like, do you know ice melts? It's like, well, ice is not staying ice. Oh my god! <laughs> like I, I can't, I can't address this problem. Like I've been seeing though, like, but like, and I, this is really crazy to see because I know a, I know how much you're into food and just like you take that very seriously because you love it so much, which mm-hmm. I love. And then it's kind of like building off of everything you've done with like the vlog community. Like you got lines, dude. Every every time I've seen my friends, because I've seen several of my friends go eat at your store, I feel like. I was like, do they ever get served? Because they're just in <laughs> we, line. It's funny because like I, the, the important thing about our place too is that we wanted to do it handcrafted because number one, it's cheaper to make if you do the hard work. Yeah. And that's why our stuff is priced like $2 less than everybody else's. People don't get it. They're like, how is that possible? Mm-hmm. It's because, bitch, you buy your shit from a factory. We handcraft our stuff. Mm-hmm. you know. And it's very important. Not that so much. It's not a snobby thing. It's just more like this is the due diligence that I'm going to do right. in order to serve you guys a product that I would want to eat. Right. And that's that's really what it is. It's not. But that's a, that's what I'm saying. It's like your fan base. They know that about you. They would. Yeah. They they know that you would not play games with your ice cream. You know. Yeah. I know that about you, and I didn't because I learned about it a little bit later. Um, and then I was just like, dude, this must be like the best ice cream David's making. And he's really <laughs> like, I'm not serving shit. I wouldn't buy myself, and then I wouldn't like. I don't know. And that's I think again branding. If you want marketing, you guys, this is like branding 101. You built like that, and I just marvel about it. I was laughing about it the other day because your face is right there oh. on the poster. <laughs> No, um, where is that? Right up there. Oh, in the no, middle. I see it. God damn that photo. Okay. And with your glasses. And I just remember you because, like, the first time I met you, you came into freaking our club, San Francisco uh, open mic night down in San Jose. Yeah. And that's when you were singing. Yeah. And I don't know. It's just like watching you transform from like the guy with the guitar to the L- UCLA video guy <laughs> <laughs> to like everything that you are now. I don't know. I was like double dipping at that time. Like I was trying to do comedy and, and music and it just didn't work. Now you're entrepreneur. You know, so it was like you, you choose a craft and you do it well. You mm-hmm. don't you do not do it half-assed. And so that's why I decided to stop doing, stop doing music because it's it just doesn't work that way. You can't divide yourself into four, four people at the same time. Like even as of right now, I stopped doing YouTube for a bit because I'm so divided as a person. Mm. I started up the soft serve thing. Uh, I franchised the pop bar with a few of my friends out in Roland Heights as well. Uh, we have this, you know, clothing line that we're working with the Go for Broke Foundation. You know, mm-hmm. um, that it's 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 I'm too spread thin. You know, so I had to focus on one thing at a time. When I did Gook, I just did Gook. That's it. That's all I did. Life lessons right now. Yeah, it's it's <laughs> also apparently David's a mogul now. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like the making of a mogul. I'm the brokest mogul <laughs> on earth. I'm... Hey, you got to invest. You know, yeah, you got to. Hopefully, put your eggs it's a long game. It's a long game. Hopefully, the world doesn't yeah. blow up in the next four years, and it's all good. 
Yeah, but everybody try out drips and swirls. Like when you come there, have a good expectation for it. Just know that we're not like every other soft serve. So if you're used to soft serve that doesn't melt ever, yeah. you're not going to get that. This yeah. is like traditional soft serve, how it was done back in the day. Like, yeah. like straight from the milk and the cow and everything. So uh, it's going to be a different experience. I wasn't being negative about the line scene. I'm saying that in a loving, like, proud of David way. Oh, for sure. Like, I'm so I'm so happy to see that, like, the response is so good. It says a lot about how good it is, A, and how much people love you. And you've built, like, this loyal fan base to, like, I don't know. you got some ride or dies, David. Yeah, I'm ride or die for them, too. Yeah. I just, I just always tell, like, people, I swear that I even have fans. It's like, ugh, it feels like a weird saying. <laughs> but the one thing, the only pet peeve I have is, like, if I'm eating a sandwich... Just mm-hmm. wait till I'm done with my sandwich. Because I'm, I'm, I'm in the zone. You know? I'm alone. And I'm like mid-bite and I can't take a picture. It's like, yes, you can. But I wanted to eat the sandwich. Really bad. <laughs> what's, your, what's your sandwich? Oh, man, dude. I'm, so here's, 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 oh, man. Here, so, he geared up in his chair, so, you guys. So here's the thing about it's me. Important. Like, it's yes, important. Yes, it is. Thing. I can go every day of my life just eating a sandwich every day for the rest of my life. I love sandwiches that much. It's like You're the, like Joey from Friends. Yes. I, it's like the quintessential like best thing you could have. You have carb, meat, veggies, whatever you like. Uh, let's 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 okay, hold on a second. We're talking about Okay, so if we're going to start we're going to start off with something a little fancy. We're going to go with that large mont, the prosciutto sandwich hey. with the soft mozzarella and then I add this the the uh, sun-dried tomato spread on it too. Just I make it a little juicy. That's a good one. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah. really good, right? There's this other joint too called Fiori Cafe out in Pasadena. They have like house made white bread that's fucking pillowy soft, and it comes with this roasted chicken and walnut pesto and burrata cheese. Bomb as hell. If I'm looking for a basic sandwich that I just want on the regular day, or I ain't trying to get too fancy, I'm talking about Jersey Mike's. I'm Ooh. getting, yep, I'm getting the club from there with the bacon and the tom- and the tomato and the the turkey and the roast beef. I like that with the jardinier. Oh, that's my shit. Now. <laughs> And now we're talking about me getting extra, extra fancy. It's not really a sandwich, but I probably, you know, fuck with the lobster roll. I oh, hey. Lobster rolls. Those are, are expensive as Yes. Well. That's why I only get one every month. Okay, my bad. <laughs> What's the weird one, though? I always feel like the lobster rolls out here in the West Coast is too much roll, not enough lobster. 100%. Of course. You are 100% course. right, my friend. That's what I'm saying. I don't get it. I got it once here in LA, so and I was like, never again. Make it yourself. Okay, my bad. Yeah, you just get a lobster, you dip it in that water, you crack, 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 <laughs> and you make it how you want. Because it's very simple. It's celery salt, Old Bay seasoning, lobster, good mayo, and a little bit of celery onion, depending on how you like it. And then you just get a good roll. Okay, we're I feel like the next. I feel like the next rolls. like entry into David's mogul empire is David's sandwich shop. Dude, seriously though. I've been wanting to do that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't be so <laughs> It's happening. Once things get said on this mm. podcast, they have a tendency to like, we roll because people hear it and you just said it. You put it on the universe. I want a sandwich show so want. bad. Damn, it's so sandwich. No. Guys, That'd be, be good. Stop see, eating that uh, subway. You don't know what you're missing. Again, <laughs> it has to go to the, it has to come from the source. I need to get stuff from people who give, like who care about the integrity of a sandwich. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I want to buy a house from somebody who cares about the design and the, you know, like it matters. I've seen mm. so many people where I bought stuff. Again, this is coming from my Mari condoing. There's a whole other subject. I'm cleaning out my life right now, basically. I'm like throwing a lot, like two thirds of my Did you do the training away. with uh, Kevin? Yes, with Kevin Fong. I love you. He's he's an official consultant now. Oh. He got certified by Marie Kondo. Oh. But anyway, it's just kind of like the quality. It matters. Like if I want Korean barbecue, I'm not going to go eat it in like some random place in the Midwest. I was like, no, just... I'm going to wait till I get to K-Town where they know what they're doing. <laughs> no offense, but it's true. It's I true. want it from the right people. 
This is what you learn when you throw all I, your stuff away. This, I, this is we're talking about food. Yeah. Like if I ever open up stuff, like, yeah. or if I do things, it's is I like food that's accessible to human beings. Mm. Like I look, I get that you want your your truffle, your da da ba ba ba. You know what I mean? That's fine, but food. Like that is great based on your ingredient, not what you can do with what you have, and that's not the the, the essential part of what food is. You know, mm-hmm. it's making making stuff with things that you have. You yeah. know, like like sandwiches too are, are are basic thing that everybody can eat, but it's about making it bomb. So my favorite restaurants in uh, in LA, people are like, oh, do you go to, you know, whatever, blah blah blah, blah. like all these like fancy restaurants. I'm, yeah, I've eaten there. Before. He goes there. Well, I've eaten there, and they're delicious. I also go to the Jackson Street Deli. In yeah, you do. Yeah. No, you go to everywhere. No, Marvin's yeah. like the quintessential like, like everything. Exactly. Like I love trying it out, but that's not stuff that I would recommend to people <clears throat> on, on general because it's not accessible accessible to every human being. Sandwiches, soft serve ice cream is, you know. That, those are the types of foods, foods I like. So if people ask me what my favorite restaurants are, it's like usually a street taco cart, a sandwich <laughs> joint, um, Pollo a la Brasa out in K-Town, you know, mm. uh, Dino's Chicken. We just go to El Chato. I Dino's to, Chicken. I was to, if I find a yeah, place that I love, I go forever. I'm very loyal that way. Oh, really? So I'm like, if, if I went to like a bomb sandwich place, I was like, I don't need to go anywhere else. <laughs> I got it. Which is this way with our media too. Kind of, kind of. <laughs> so you got to convince me, convince me. And a lot of people are that way. You know, if they're comfortable and they think that Subway is their entire universe, yeah. you got to like show them what's up. Like, I mean, there's a better world out there. So people like you and there's people like me who like yeah, adventure. Explore. And adventure. But, I explore. <laughs> but I explore in other ways. Like I like traveling and stuff and people are like, I left my house and like. Some people don't travel alone. I do. Yeah, I we like do. to travel alone. Yeah. I love it. Man, like I wish I could do that. Like I, you can't do that. You travel a lot. I know, but traveling alone, I do it so much. I get lonely. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I get so sad. Ariel. Like, like I see, it's not even for her. I see her all the time. I'm just talking about like companion. Like I see other people. Like this is what happens. Like I'll be traveling, right? I see other people traveling with their friends, and I'm like, and a single teardrop just comes out. <laughs> That's true. I'm okay with traveling alone. But when, I, when I'm looking at this awesome thing, I'm like, man, I wish people were here with me. Yes, that's you what know? I like about traveling with then people. I get to share <laughs> this experience with people. You know, it's like, yo, remember that one time that homeless dude spit in my face? That was hilarious. <laughs> you were with me and you yeah. laughed at me. And it went in my mouth and I fucking threw up, dude. That was hilarious. But when people are with you, then you're like, where should we go? And everyone has an opinion. That's the part I don't like. You just need to find the right people. Yeah, I know. So <laughs> right people, or yes. Just one person. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, just one the person. right combination. But that I can't like because I'm, I'm, I'm a easy. Like, I'm a super easy traveler. Yeah. I'm, I'm mm. down to do anything. Yeah. You know, yeah. just minus like the fact that it, if they want to do stuff that we could do in the States, I don't want to do it. Like, let's say. Let's go to McDonald's. Dude, no, but that is that's a But that is a thing. No, actually, that's that a thing. No, that's totally true. <laughs> you're, you're completely I, wrong by no, that. I don't, completely, I take don't back. knock on international McDonald's travel, not okay? Because I did that all over <laughs> Europe. I went I to, to say, every how McDonald's. How fucking dare you? Get out of this <laughs> No, best McDonald's is in Spain, hands down. Yeah. In Europe. Well, the Japanese McDonald's is pretty good, too. I haven't been to Japan, but right now. Taiwanese McDonald's has fried chicken. Yes, they do. I haven't had McDonald's anywhere outside of Korea. First of all. I fucking love Taiwan. Taiwan is the shit. <laughs> I mean, it's really hot and humid, but Taiwan is like Japan a- and China mixed together. Mm, go in the fall, it's better. Didn't you do yeah. a vlog? You did that vlog? I did a whole series on Taiwan just because I like Taiwan that much. <laughs> like, it, it was a dope series, too. Like, I fucking shot and recorded everything myself and edited it myself, too. That's how much I enjoyed it. But, man, like, Taiwan, number one, it's pretty damn safe. Well, if you're in Taipei, it's pretty damn safe. It's pretty safe. Yeah. I mean, I've seen girls walk by themselves. Yeah, you were saying that last yeah. time. Like, when, because like, I was saying, I don't know if I could go XYZ place alone because yeah. just little girl but yeah he was saying like Taiwan you could like go there and like just chill and eat and do whatever a hundred percent man and I, I tell you like 
if you wake up in the morning, this is what I like. I wake up in the morning in Taiwan, right? Feeling like P. Diddy. And then <laughs> right when I wake up, there's a whole bunch of stalls with food everywhere. Yeah. And it's so cheap. And I, lo- and I love eggs too. And Taiwanese use eggs like a motherfucker. And it's, we love our eggs. Yes. It's so good. What did I have out there? The scallion pancakes and shit. So damn good. We also cover those in eggs in the morning. Yes. Oh, that so, good. so good. <laughs> so good. That so good. They had the, what's it called? The, the ice dessert. Is it Dohua or something like that? I feel like uh, you're asking. Do- yeah. Or, yeah, there's like crushed ice. Yes, yeah. yeah. Snow monster or uh, I'm thinking of Hawaii. I'm thinking mango crushed ice. The bao. Yeah. If you've if you've ever had like whatever like the pork bao shit. Yeah, in yeah, America, yeah. The pork belly. It's disgusting. You got to go to Taiwan. It's like- <laughs> there's this um. There's this place near my grandma's Damn. house. They make the um the veggie baos, but they like they cook the veggies in pork fat. Oh, so it's delicious. So oh. okja still would be harmed. <laughs> this is why like vegetarians don't do well with Asian, Asian food. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. everything's it's, cooked it's in very pork, hard. Meat. Products. Yeah, we know what we're doing. We use everything. You oh. want you want the enko, you want the nose. I ate naengmyeon the other day thinking I was like, oh, this is like, because I didn't eat the meat in it, but then I was like, it's beef broth. I yeah. Was like, I was like, damn it. Yeah, <laughs> like, man. Where did you go? Yuchun? Yeah, that's the only place I go. Yo, they opened up another one. What? Right next to uh, Kobau. Don't let out the secret. <laughs> don't go there. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't go. That place is gross. <laughs> it's disgusting. Ooh. Who wants cold noodles? God. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. I like that place. I want to go right now. <laughs> delicious oh man it's lunchtime and it's hungry and yeah. we've been talking for a while i think it's time to i think we should call it yeah i think it's been a well over an hour no this was so much fun dude you have to come back dude, I'm, yeah. the, I'm the podcast master dude apparently you gotta be on mine <laughs> i'll bring it bring it on bt dub i launched my own podcast oh yeah first you want to talk about all. that uh, it's called first of all it's called first of which all. david's used a couple times no he <laughs> he says it a lot he said that as soon as he got here yeah. He's like he walked in. First of all, your security the, is the security like, here is extremely lax because I it put said, that on the airway. There was a huge sign that said, "Hey, you have to have a badge before you go in here." I made eye contact with the front desk lady, and she just waved at me. I was like, "Cool!" And I just walked right in. That's confidence. Uh, right? That's like, yes, I do belong here. I work here. It's I like, am. Nobody would walk in here walking in with like a tank top, tank top and shorts and flip flops. He must own the building. Yes. Good evening. Um, but yeah, no, David, you got okay. Now that it's my, I'm going to continue to leverage my birthday you have to co- i want to have a half hour with you probably turn into an hour but uh first of all it's just like a half hour conversation about whatever okay and then we give advice too i think you'd be really good at that i suck at advice whatever i just give out advice and if if it works for you it's great if it doesn't <laughs> exactly not my fault. that's good like you know yeah. it's, it's called imo in my opinion in my opinion in my opinion find it out but it's by the time this podcast is out, it's be it'll be on iTunes, iTunes and yeah. everything. Check yeah, it out. Yeah. Uh, we'll put a link down. Um, yeah, so started my own thing. If too. people want to find more of your stuff, David, where can they go? You can go to youtube.com slash David So Comedy. You can find me on Twitter, same handle, David So Comedy. Find me on my Instagram, same shit. And also <laughs> make sure that you go watch Gook go August watch. 25th. Yes. But send seats. We're going to be that there. Ticket. We'll all be there. We need it for the culture. Yeah. yeah. We're going to do your press day too, so we'll see you again. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, as always, you can contact myself and Minji by emailing us at podcast at collaboration.org. You can subscribe to us on um, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Radio Public, and wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, please leave us a nice rating review. Uh, we love reading those. It makes us feel nice. It does. It seriously warms the heart. Thank <laughs> you very much for all the support, guys. Thanks again to Alpha for her song, Nothing Ever Lasts, off her new album, Spark and Fury. Um, David. Thanks so much for joining us. This is a Thank lot of you fun. so much for coming. This is fantastic. Yeah. I, it is fantastic. I told you though, I am a man of my word. I said when I do have time, I will come. And I <laughs> told her before she contacted me. Awesome. Yeah. 
No. You contacted me, but I mentioned it to you, but you didn't have to mention it to me. I didn't mention it to you because I've been bugging you for two years. Yeah, but I said when I have free time, I come through. And okay, I thank took you. the initiative. Okay, yeah. thank you. He's here. After 130 weeks, he's here. So. But I contacted him to help him with his business. <laughs> yeah, and then I was like, hold up. Click, clack, connect. I said, if I have time, I come through. Thank In your you. face, thank friendship. You. Thanks, David. Hashtag friendship. Friends forever. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, Bye. guys. Nothing ever lasts. Thank you.